Welcome fellow last places to another episode of LPF Debrief where we talk about comic books, TV shows, and movies. And on today's episode, as you see on the bottom, we are going, well, I'm going to be discussing episode nine of Andor. So as always, guys, spoilers are ahead. So if you don't want to hear them, go ahead and pause this, go watch it, come on back and then let me know what you guys think of what I thought about it. And as always, if you guys could support the channel, just go ahead and like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Um, again, writing review helps us with the algorithms and all that good stuff. So if you enjoy what you're listening to, please go ahead and do that for me, please. Now let's get right into it. So, um, yeah, I've been away for a, while, a little while. Um, this is coming out a little bit later than it normally does, but that is just cause it's been a really busy week and, um, I still have to do the black Adam, uh, which I haven't even seen yet. So that's uh, pretty rare for me, but anyway, let's talk about Andor. Um, so this is episode nine of the show out of 12. And, um, this episode, I'm not even going to like, this was one of my favorite episodes and it's not even because anything like crazy happened. Like, let's say like in episode six, I mean, five or six where they did the actual heist. Um, I think this was just more from an acting standpoint and just basically how, um, fearful they made the empire in this episode. Like you could really feel it. Um, and again, I don't think anything crazy happened in this episode to make you just go, Oh my gosh. But again, as you guys know, for me, I love the fact that we're making the galaxy feel like a galaxy and that's what this show is doing, but it's also making you have a real fear for the empire and what lengths they're willing to go to in order to find information or obtain things that they want to obtain. So this episode, I think, does a really good job at just showing you how fearful they can be, um, what lines they're willing to cross. There is no lines for them. If they really want something, they're going to get it regardless of what people think about it. And they're going to do anything by any means. Right. So I think this episode does a really good job at seeing that. And it kind of establishes why we feel the way we do in like, for instance, um, episode four and five, where you're really feeling like the empire is like someone needs to overthrow this empire. Right. And this episode, I think did a really good job at that. And I feel like everything this show has done here, um, in particular has done a really good job at that. So, um, just breaking down some of the stuff, we know that, um, Andor is still in, uh, Narakina five where, you know, he's doing some work. He's, um, looks like he's get building a good rapport with his friend. I mean, with his, uh, inmates and the people that he works with, uh, you could tell by like people smiling. Um, I mean, and just the work being getting done and them being like in first place and being able to finish the shifts and not being last things like that. And you can see that, um, he's really building a rapport with these guys. We also see that during all of this, that Olaf, um, I Olaf, not Olaf <laughs> from frozen, but, um, he's basically starting to, you know, he is an older person. So he is starting to get different. Like he's starting to feel like his hands are starting to hurt. And we're seeing in this episode, we saw like a, a progression of him just getting worse and worse. And we all knew what that foreshadowed, right? Because once we saw his hand hurting and things like that, and Andor making sure, um, that, you know, he was being able to account for what he was doing. But I do also love that Andor was propping up his people, right? Like he was giving them, um, oh, this was a good choice or a good design. Like you should have done that. That was cool. Um, and giving everyone props for it. Right. So I thought that was really a cool thing. We see that Kino who was played by Anda, um, played by Andy circus is basically just like 
he's kind of mindful of what Andor is doing, right? He knows that there's something more to what Andor is doing and he can sense it. Uh, he also has, we know his sentence is not as long. So he has a couple of more shifts left. And in his head, he's thinking like, you know, just don't mess around. I don't have much time in here left. I don't want you to do anything that is going to add to my time. So please just be like mindful of what you're doing. But he's not saying any of this. He's just giving him a look. And I think Andy Serkis is just a fantastic actor, right? So he can be able to give you these expressions where his face is saying everything that you need to know, right? Like the the kind of like, look, don't do nothing stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and just, again, he he feels like he, he has control of everyone in there and he wants to make sure that they know what's going on, right? So uh, briefly, we see that Andor wants to go to the bathroom and he's starting to decipher this plan that we didn't know about, right? Because um, we didn't get any information on it from the last episode. We just see that, you know, he's kind of doing some mysterious stuff. He goes into the bathroom. He sees that there's a saw there, starts cutting up this pipe, trying to see, you know, obviously he's trying to plan an escape. Uh, he runs into one of, uh, we get a new member who's coming in to the prison we see Andor have a brief conversation with a character. I forgot his name. I don't think they named him. Um, they might have in the subtitles, but I didn't catch it or write it down. But um, we know they're having a conversation basically about the escape plan, right? And then they're starting to notice different things about what the security is doing because they're building this escape plan. I think the one thing that I didn't like particularly about this is I don't know how much time. And I, I guess you could figure it out if you kind of really break down what how many shifts there are in a day and stuff like that uh and kind of break down how what the time frame that has passed because i think uh from the beginning you get you do get andy uh kino's characters um time shift or how many shifts he has left you do get that information so i think um i think uh, some some time has passed because we know that some people um Olaf being one of them is close to being able to leave but i don't know exactly how much time has passed right so uh, they might have been brewing up this plan for a while. It does seem like uh, the rapport and everything there is um, been there for a little bit. So we see that he's seeing what these um, what the guards are doing, kind of being more mindful of everything that they're moving in because we can see he's he's planning this escape plan. So he speaks to this character. He says, you know, oh, look, the guards are here. Uh, I got a new plan. We can just do this, this, and then we can see. Uh, the plans are going into motion. So I think that was a really cool scene, just seeing that Andor is having this, you know, he wants to get out because Andor doesn't trust the Empire for anything, right? He He's let that be very known throughout the series that he doesn't really trust anybody, right? But um, we can see here that he's starting to put some faith into some people because they kind of have the same plan that he wants, right? So when they go back to their cells, we do see that conversation with Andor and Kino basically talking about some like, do you ever think about escaping? And Kino's being very, um, very protective of what he wants to say because clearly he believes that they're listening. And Andor gives his reason on why he believes they're not listening, right? Because he's like, they don't have no reason to listen to us. They don't think of us as anything. They only see us as numbers, as as product. Like we're cheaper than droids because you know we don't have. Uh, we can be easily replaced by people. Um, there's no reason for them to listen to us. And this scene I found would have been better, but I, I if you're listening to this scene, uh, especially in headphones, you can tell that the sound quality was different, right? Um, 
it was a really weird thing that I picked up during this, that thing. Cause when he's like, nobody's listening it, I think it tried to go, um, with what the, what the camera view was, but it's just weird because they hadn't done that before. And then now they tried to do it. It was just a weird choice. And if you listen really closely, you can hear it. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of that. Uh, I don't know why they chose to do that, or maybe it was a reshoot that they just threw his, um, that they threw Cassian's voice in there. Um, I don't know why that happened, but you can tell there's a, a big difference of what's going on. So, um, yeah, so then we pretty much did, you know, we have this conversation that kind of leaves off, uh, with basically them saying, oh, you know, no one's listening, no one's listening. And that's where Andor is feeling about right now. Uh, then we cut to, uh, Deidre, which this was probably my favorite part until we find out what the <laughs> torture thing was. Cause I wasn't a big fan of the torture thing, but the scene leading up to everything he, she does was fantastic. Deidre really is showing you how sinister the empire is, right? And she's doing this great buildup with Bix of basically telling you like, listen, like you're going to give us this information. We already know what's going on. Like we have a full detail on everything that's been taking place of what's been going on here. We found out about like everyone you've been talking to. We found out that you had been speaking to the buyer, which is Luthen. We know all of these information and like, this is not the place for you to lie to us about the things that you know. We know that you've made several calls. We know that you've made uh, several visits, but the way that she sets this conversation up and the way that she's just basically has all her information, she has all her I's dotted, all her T's crossed, and she's making sure like, there's no way you can lie to me, Bix, like, because I know from what the, you know, the information that I just received that you've seen people face to face, like you have no ground to stand on. You're just better off telling me what I want to know so that we don't have to run into this. But also we know that, um, Deidre is doing this basically for theatrics and, um, because she's going to torture Bix regardless, like it's no if fans or buts about it, because that is what her character is. That is what kind of detailed character she is. She's going to want all the information. So that way, when she presents it, that it can be detailed, it can be fleshed out. And it's not something that she's showing up with, with any theories or anything like that. Yes, she had a hunch about all of this, but now she wants to come in with facts because she knows that because she's presented this idea, she's going to want to make sure this is as thorough as possible. And I think the whole scene um, was very, very well done. Just the way that Deidre is having this conversation, again, what, the way that she's one step ahead of any counter that Bix is going to have, she is there to basically tell you, I know what I'm talking about. We got this information. You can't lie to me. So, um, and then Bix picking up on the conversation and realizing that she's going to be tortured regardless, because she says, no matter what I say, Bix says, no matter what I say, you're going to not believe me anyway. So what is the point of us even having this kind of a conversation? And um, I think it really just establishes both of their characters and how, what kind of characters they are. Deidre being very menacing, very um, cutthroat, very like, I'm getting information by any means necessary. I don't care about your feelings or who you're dealing with. It has nothing to do with me, right? Um, so I, for me, I thought that was a really, really cool scene. Um, just the way that she's trying to intimidate her, trying to get these reactions, trying to see what's going on. She then introduces us to Dr. Gaust, who is, um, you know, being very nice, 
but he's really creepy. And then pretty much they've come up with this new torture uh, way of using sound and using the death cries of the um, Danzanites, which I kind of want to hear to see if it's that as bad as what they, they are saying that it is. So uh, we see that he goes on to put that, uh, to go ahead and put that on Bix just so that she has this reaction and you can see that she's starting to like cry and she's starting to like really feel like pain. I thought they did a really cool scene. If you guys obviously have watched a new hope, which I hope, uh, yes, that was pun intended. I did that on purpose. No, I didn't, but I love the callback that they did there. When she initially gets this device put on her head, she gets the device put on her head. And if you guys remember princess Leia, when she was getting um, interrogated that the door closed and you saw the footsteps happen, that was literally a, like a exact homage to what happened there. So I thought they did a really good job there. And again, Deidre uh, did a fantastic job at just the way that she, she, she presented herself in that scene, the way that they, she talked about how Pac got tortured and got all that information. So she came in here well-equipped. We see the torture scene um, pretty much. Bix just having to go through this, listening to this sound. And you know that she's going to give up the information that she wants. It might not be full of information, but she's going to have to give up something if she wants this to stop. Right. So I thought overall, that was a fantastic scene. Uh, we then cut to, uh, we do then cut to Mon Mothma. And we find out that in the last episode that Val was being called a rich girl who left. And now we know why, because she is related to Mon Mothma. And we see her there and we can see that um, Lydia, who is um, Mon's daughter, finds finds out how like how she feels about Val and you, how cool she thinks her her character is. Val gets her address um, and then we can see these conversations starting to happen where clearly Mon Mothma and Va Val were in, you know, talking to each other about planning on this rebellion and things like that. So they're just gathering information um, telling each other what's going on. Uh, Mon Mothma starting to have doubts about the whole rebellion and Val's basically giving her the reinsurance of telling her, listen, this is what we signed up for. Uh, this is not something that we can go back on. Um, yes, it's getting dicey. It's getting hot, but guess what? It's too late. Like to have any doubts about anything that's going on now. And you can see that Mon Mothma is kind of just like, I don't know if this is the way that I want this to go, right? Because that is her cousin and obviously she cares about her and doesn't want her to then get hurt and stuff like that. And then uh, I thought it was really cool that uh, Val does give the line that Cinta gives her to Mon Mothma, right? Just so she can understand what, you know, we take what we have left, like, uh, but we have to give our all in all of this. So that whole conversation is happening. And we can also tell that Mon Mothma's husband, um, I, keep, I forget his name, but He's up to no good, right? Because basically every time that something happens, he's not around or he's speaking it through his daughter or things like that and telling her different kinds of information and stuff like that. So Mon Mothman's in a very peculiar situation, right? Like where she's, she's wants what's best for what she feels of the galaxy and she wants to handle it politically. But also we can tell that politically is not going to work because Palpatine has this, you know, hold on the Senate that, you know, it's, it's a basically a fear thing. And um, they're pretty much all scared of him and how they're going to, you know, 
listen to everything that needs to be said or done. And just because the empire has this strong hold, there's no real turning back. And Val, I feel like understands that and understands why she needs to be doing the things that she's doing. Right. Uh, Val does say, Hey, I need you to act like, I mean, Mon does tell Val, I need you to start acting like a little, like, you know, acting like a rich girl, um, for a little while so that it can kind of blow over. Uh, she also, again, tells her tactics, not a fan of what the tactics are. We also see that Mon Mothma gets some information about, um, from Tay basically saying, um, you know, get like, you know, basically trying to find a way to get this money financed and things like that. He ends up talking about Davil Skolden, which I believe, I'm, I don't want to say he is or is not a new character, but I can't remember um, off the top of my head uh, if he uh, if he was in a, you know, in a book or something like that. I, I believe this is a new character to the series, um, but we'll see. I could be wrong. I, I, I didn't do any research on him. But I'm pretty sure I, I just don't remember hearing about him any from anywhere. So pretty much going to need a, a loan from this person in order to, you know, get the money right. And so that people don't start looking to her account about where her money is going and start questioning her about it. She has some concern about that because she feels like he's a criminal and this is going into dirty politics, which is something that she's trying to avoid and has been trying to avoid, even though. You know, she feels like what she's doing is correct. And that because what she's doing is correct, she needs to, you know, do it the, the rightful way or what she feels is the rightful way. So it is very interesting to, you know, see that this is, is this what she wants to do? She, Davo also wants to meet up in Coruscant, in, you know, in the house, things like that, which again, is going to trigger some issues, right? Because if her husband walks in or someone else walks in trying to see like what's going on, you know, it's a very risky plan that she has to do. And again, it's bringing her these doubts and things is like, is she doing the right thing? Um, I also love that the way that we spoke about Luthen in this episode and he wasn't even seen just keeping that presence of the character in there. I thought they did a really good job. Like I said, overall for me, the episode did a really good job at culminating everything as far as like, making you really feel fearful about what's going to happen next or things that like how things can go wrong, how things can go right. Like we're really in a rebellion. Um, and this episode was really trying to show you different rebellion stuff while still showing you the strength of the empire. I thought they did a really good job at doing that. Um, we see that scene basically where Val leaves, she's off. Um, and then we actually have another scene, uh, later on here with, um, with what's his name? What's the stalker's name? I'm calling him the stalker now because um, Cyril, where Cyril is basically, you know, having a conversation with his mother. He tells his mother that he's been promoted. Um, and then we see the next scene after that is him trying to find Deidre. And he's, ex this scene was really weird to me because it was, and I guess this was the point of it all, right? Was to, make sure it felt weird so that Deidre could feel a certain way towards him. Um, we know that Deidre kind of helped with the promotion and gave him a new start. And Cyril just feels really, again, he, he seems like a person who was very um, boxed in and doesn't know like, you know, how to interact. And he's basically telling her like, Oh, I know you feel the, um, the, uh, you know, the same 
way that I do and trying to get Cassie and Andor and all this. And, and, and this is what we want, like all this information and things like that. And Deidre's like, yo, back away from me. Like you are weird. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Please back up. If you ever see me, if you ever do this again, I'm going to have you arrested, uh, things like that. And it, it was kind of weird that Cyril just had this weird obsession moment. Um, even though we do kind of get the sense that, that that's where that character was going because everything he does is very particular and you can see that in his actions and things like that. Um, so that scene to me, but he, it, it was a masterful acting job because I, I really felt creeped out by it and, um, he really felt obsessive. And I think that threw Deidre off, especially because she's a woman who's always wanting to be in control, um, and things like that. We know after that scene, basically, we find out that they catch a rebel uh, pilot by random, um, and now they're planning on trying to stage a uh, a crash so that they know that you know he hasn't been interrogated and things like that. So we can start getting some of these rebels out. So I thought again, ruthless uh, job by the Empire, just showing you what kind of people they are and what they're willing to do in order to get the information or find out who's doing these things. I thought it was um really you know it is what it is like. That's how they're going to deal with their info, like information. That's how they're going to try to get it. They're going to be devious. They're going to do things like this. And this, again, this episode did a really good job at that. So now we got cut back to the prison, which I thought was again, back to the prison scene. I think it was really cool. Cause now we can see, um, we can see like the, how these interactions are working. We're seeing that something happened in level two, basically. Um, and, Kino was kind of very like, listen, stop with the bullshit. Like everyone chill out, like something like nothing's happening. It's none of our business. Like make sure we you know we are on our P's and Q's, things like that. And then again, we, um, earlier in the episode, we know that Andor asked him how many guards are normally stationed, you know, upstairs. And he, um, how many guards and Kino was like, I'm not going to tell you. So as the episode progresses, we did see that, um, Olaf basically gets hurt. He's basically gets a stroke, which we find out from one of the medics, right? So they say, send a medic over. They have a conversation with this medic and the medic is basically telling you, telling them, listen, this is what happened on. He doesn't, he's, he's very restrictive of the information he's trying to give out because he knows the guard is right there. But, um, he's basically telling the, them like, look, there's no way out of this, right? Uh, you have to, even people who, who were released, they were just released to another floor. Like it's not even anything crazy. Like you're not actually getting out of here. So he kind of tells them that. And then you see that Olaf is there uh, and he gives them a medicine saying, look, he had a massive stroke. There's nothing I can do to save him. Um, there's nothing we can do here. And um, this conversation is taking place. And then the medic tells, you know, Kino, hey, get your people in line after Andorce asks them this question. But then now Kino's like, hey, I want to know what's going on. Like, am I able to get out of here? Because my shift is almost done, right? Like my, my time here is almost done. And basically he's just, the medic is like, look, there's no way you're getting out of here. That's just not something, especially after this robbery that's happened, there's no way that anyone's getting out of this place. So from there, the guard is telling them, Hey, you guys got to go. And then, and or picking up on this and feeling like this is an opportunity that now Kino has finally realized that they're not getting out of here unless it's an escape. He then asks him again, so how many guards are on the floor? And he says no more than 12. Uh, perfect way to end the episode. Like just 
very intense, very like, okay, I'm with this plan. We're setting up what this new, um, you know, escape plan is going to be. And I thought, again, fantastic way to end that episode uh, just by, you know, them saying, you know, no more than 12, letting you know what the amount is and what the plan is for the next episode. I'm extremely excited for the next episode because I do want to see how they're, what the plan is to come together uh, to make this work. And I know this show is, has been, uh, there's some mixed emo- like things. People have felt like this show is a little slower, but I, I this show is designed to be that way. I, and I think, and again, you have, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine. Um, but for me, I think uh, I'm really digging this show because of that pacing. I like that we're doing it at a slower pace. I like that plans are being made and characters are being built um, and you have 12 episodes to do it. Again, this is something that I will always say. This is something that I've always wanted from Star Wars. I feel like everything doesn't have to be action scenes or everything. Um, you do, you can build up these characters and make them feel dangerous and make the Empire feel more, um, you know, oppressive so that it means more later on in the series, right? Like it just builds the strength of what Rogue One took, what, um, you know, how episode four was. So I think these show, this show actually helps strengthen that, that, um, that hatred for the empire. And I think they're doing a really good job at it, but that is going to end it for me, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Again, if you like what you heard, please like subscribe, leave a review. Um, like I said, that all, all that stuff helps with the algorithm. I appreciate you all. Um, since we switched over to anchor, we over 500 plays and, uh, like I always say, guys, I can't thank you guys enough for that. Um, even if just one person listens to me, it means the world. So I appreciate you guys so much. Um, I will have that Black Adam uh, review for you guys at some point. We're also getting into Oscar season. Um, it is getting a little slower, so I'm probably going to do some reviews on those things and let you guys know what my picks are once we get like nominations and stuff like that. But we're starting to get there. So again, thank you guys for joining me. I am out for today. Until next time. Fire team.